2: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20 capital Z I B B Y 20 that's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z ZIBBY20 take advantage of it today my favorites are this white open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Amy Fusselman is the author of The Means, a novel. Amy is the author of five books. Her latest, The Means, is her first novel. Her previous four books, were all nonfiction, have been translated into several languages. Her work has been nominated for the Believer Book Award and the University of Iowa's Krauss Essay Prize. Her essays and articles have appeared in the New York Times, The Atlantic, The Washington Post, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, Ms. Art News, ArtNet, and many others. She lives in New York City with her family and teaches creative writing at New York University. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to Discuss the Means, your novel. Yay. Thanks for having me. <laughs> really happy. Your book was so funny and smart and just hilarious, and I like chuckled out loud over and over and over again. <laughs> it's just so funny. I mean, your sense of humor is so great. And I, anyway, I totally enjoyed it. It was super enjoyable. Awesome. Why don't you tell listeners what the Means is about?
2: Sure. Yeah, The Means is a tragicomic novel about a woman named Shelley Means, and um, she's a stay at home mom in Manhattan. She has two kids, and she's managing all her household stuff. And uh, she gets this sort of bee in her bonnet, this kind of obsession that she really wants respite from her life. She wants to chill. And for her, that means lying next to her pool at a beach house in the Hamptons. And so, She's married to a guy named George, who's a voiceover artist, whose um, career is kind of on the downswing because he can't properly voice uh, the chicken bacon detonator. And so (laughs) Shelly is actually she's she finds someone who can build a beach house for her for inexpensively on this little plot of land they managed to buy in the springs. And the beach house is going to be out of shipping containers and um, the housing association is up in arms about it. And so the whole book is basically the shenanigans of this woman who's trying in a really pretty subversive and intelligent way to get what she wants. Um, It's also, I mean, thematically, it's, you know, it's very comic. It goes down easy, but it's also about the suffering inherent in desire capitalist delusion misogyny and it's comics so i'm <laughs> it, it it goes wide it goes wide it goes fast but it goes wide yes
0: Com- comedy with a purpose right with a message um, there were just so many funny lines about how she feels about her own life she is always referring to all of the things on her plate with this aggrieved nature like mm-hmm. i i have all these things and i have to add to my workload and okay well i am a stay at home but i also make lunch for Clementine and i also like i i do this too and i i also have to walk twix and you know her, her diminished time that she spends with Darby the dog walker means that she has to take this on more and more and everything she adds to her plate just seems like So uh, hard to overcome, right? It's so, she's so aggrieved. So I loved how you did that. Like she and her childhood and her own relationship with money and how she views herself now. I don't know. It's, it's very, it was so interesting. So tell me, tell me about crafting her as a character because she's so multi layered and then the conversations she has with the dog. I mean, anyway. So how did you, how did you come up with her? Yeah. Well, I, I like that you,
2: Are picking up on that thread because I did want to I mean I feel like Shelley was an interesting character to make because I knew from the get-go that she's someone who's not generally portrayed as sympathetic like I wanted to take a view into money through a portal that I hadn't seen or read about whereas you know Her kids are in private school in Manhattan. I mean, although they're on financial aid, they're in private school. You know, she lives near FIT, like in the sort of down market part of Chelsea. But she's a stay-at-home mom. You know, she has a ponytail and these kids. And um, I think generally the way to write about, you know, that kind of wealth in Manhattan is disdainfully. And I really wanted a way into her that was about mothering and about caregiving and about that work and even I mean I feel like the title of your podcast really is pushing against some a similar thing of like moms don't have time to do anything but you know their mom work like moms don't have time for leisure. Mom don't don't have time for pleasure. And I love actually that you name the like the fact that this podcast exists is your response to that. And for Shelly, means in some ways, you know, it's a similar thing. Like she gets this beach out. I mean, spoiler alert, she gets this thing built. You know, by hooker by crook. Like it happens for her because she's. You know she's determined and she's uh, smart, and I I think she's just really interesting. Um, She was an interesting way in for me to to write about these elements of money that I was interested in exploring.
0: It seemed at many times that this house was not going to be made in any way, and I think one of the themes is you have to have money to make money, right? I think that's sort of where it all like comes and and then there's this whole other thread where, you know, towards the end where they're like, well, have you ever been in serious debt? Because once you are, then you can't get out of that. And if you were like, if your family was like that as a child and then here she is like taking the land and then like finding other opportunities, which also were so funny to make money that way too. And it just all seemed so unlikely. Like it just, It seemed like it was not going to work out, and and yet once she did it, then it just could lead to better things. Whereas her poor husband is like driving in the car, and he's like, "Oh no, they didn't choose me for this ad." And uh, when he hears the voiceover, so I I feel like it is some sort of commentary on you know where do you start? Like, do you start in a in a place where you have the opportunity to really rise up, or do you not? Are you doomed from the beginning? It feels like that's being examined in part as well. Yeah. I mean,
2: I was, I wanted to sort of, I really was interested in writing every scene to like locate where the money is in the scene. Mm -hmm. Where's, where are the resources? Because I think that happens, you know, in real life, it's like, who has what, who, you know, who's offering what, who's preying on who, like, I mean, it's kind of a, it's not a, you know, a rose tinted uh, view, but it's, It's interesting to me, especially because I feel like the money in that sense isn't often explored, especially for women in fiction. So Shelley in some ways is operating in like a shadow economy because it's still, I mean, I cringe even saying this, but like the idea that is a woman entitled to her partner's income is, you know, still a question. And on the idea of like is stay-at-home mom, like, real work? I mean, caregivers in this country are notoriously, it was just in the Times yesterday, another feature on this, like, underpaid and undervalued. And that's all part of, you know, what I wanted to examine in a system that I feel needs reevaluation, like, stat, because yep. it involves women's lives. It involves, um, and how, you know, caregiving is huge it's one of the, it's it's how we treat each other it's how we live it's i mean it needs to be acknowledged and uh supported in my view
0: yes absolutely i mean if you hire a caregiver to do let's say you go to work and You have to hire someone to do the caregiving. Like that person, that does have value. Like that's an actual job. So if you decide to stay home, it's not like you're not doing a job. I mean, you're just doing the job of some, like that would be your job. (laughs) You're just not getting paid for it. Yeah. I mean, it's for women, even.
2: I I added these elements to Shelly's character because I knew that that would be, you know, part of the why she's contemptible in some ways. It's like she has a dog walker, she has a cleaning lady. Like, oh, Oh how did you know how dare she but and yet i feel like she she's a sympathetic character you she's she doesn't view herself she's an underdog and she's an underdog through the whole book so to play with those expectations was part of the pleasure in the writing of this for me
0: you even have the time where she gets a party planner and you're like if that she's like if that's not the height of wealth like what is i have somebody to help me plan my parties in my house you know <laughs> Right. Well, I think that's it too,
2: is that she has a lot of people who are sort of preying on her at the same time that she's, you know, she has a therapist who's also then becomes a real estate broker, which is, you know, highly like unethical. And I mean, everybody is sort of out for a take. I mean, that's part of the landscape.
0: Yeah. You have that one moment where when she, when George has just lost his next gig and he thinks any opportunity to make more money. And she's like, we're going to have to sell this land. And there's just this silence between them as they realize, like, how am I going to keep paying for this CBT? And then she's like, but wait,
2: (laughs) you know, always about wait, there's always about wait. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So where did you come up with the idea for the whole book in general? I know we talked about Shelley, but I was researching your other books and this seems like a, pretty big departure from some of the other ones. I didn't read them, although they look great. Now I'm like, I have to go back because I love the way you write. But where did this come from?
2: Yeah. Well, I, um, I wanted to try writing a novel that was like step one. (laughs) Uh, and I knew I wanted to write something comic and I also knew I wanted to write about money. So that was like the three, the three things I was trying to hit. And so, I do have a shipping container beach house in the Hamptons and no <laughs> I, yeah I can tell you that yeah my experience was not like Shelley's but I could see that uh, you know through a different lens it could become comic so I took what I knew about the landscape and about that process and you know made it a completely different thing but that's I mean I'm it's grounded in my experience in that landscape for sure
0: is your house yeah. in the springs
2: Yes, it is in the, spring, in the Springs with the <laughs> shitty cell phone service. Yeah,
0: that was a fun out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, cell phone service is pretty bad everywhere out there, but that's great. So what was it like then tackling this project? And maybe go back and tell me, like, how did you even get started as an author? And how did all your projects build? And maybe like a quick thing about each of your but Sure, yeah, I I went to college,
2: I got a degree in poetry. Uh I've always that was my first love, was that sort of exploration of you know consciousness, sensory experience, you know, the eye of experience has always been interesting to me. And so I wrote these nonfiction books that are that are not nonfiction in the sense of like, my name's Amy and I scaled Mount Everest. You know, they're not really heroic about my life more. They're more like a, a poet's sort of um, perspective. Like, here's what I see. Here's what I experience. And I've tackled sort of different topics, a lot of, uh, you know, about motherhood because I am, I have three kids. I'm sober, you know, I'm uh I was sexually abused as a kid. I mean, I've written about all that stuff. My third book was called, is called Savage Park. And it's about a playground in Tokyo that I got pretty involved in. It's an adventure playground, which we now have on Governor's Island. We have one of those. But so I've, I'm really interested in, you know, in mothering and art making and creativity. Yeah. Women's issues, children, all of that. That's my wheelhouse. And now... uh, Fiction and money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids?
2: My, um, I, my oldest is a junior in college. My second kid just started college this fall and my youngest is a freshman in high school. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like, I think your kids need you in a different way when they are teens, you know, they need you so intensely when they're small in a way that's like so physical like you have to be present you know you have to watch as that they don't scoot into the intersection you know but they need you in 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 high school and college also it's just you know in it they need your they need your presence in a different way yes
0: I have two 15 year olds um
2: oh man you're (laughs) in the thick of it
0: and I also have a 9-year-old and an almost 8-year-old. So, we have we run the gamut of yeah, emotions. we do. Look at that. <laughs> awesome.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
0: (laughs) But I also loved your portrayal of of Jack and Clementine. Jack, right? Not Jake, Jack. And my son is applying out to boarding schools for high school now. So we're like deep in the test yeah. prep and you're like oh, all affordable. of that with you know his applications and wanting your kids to be motivated and all of that and ultimately that they're not their behavior is not anything you can control and their preferences like yeah. into, like the black room or whatever <laughs> like you yeah. just don't know what they're going to come out of their mouths yeah yeah one of the i mean
2: i feel like this you know i'm lucky to write and um to have you know i learn from my writing and this book that I wrote about Japan really informed like a lot of how I deal with my kids because it, they have this thing at this adventure playground called the playworker and this is a playground in Japan where the children play with like open fires like that's not a hyperbole so the playworker's job is to um like witness and facilitate but not to interfere and it's so like, I, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest. There's a lot of pressure in this town to, you know, have achieving high achieving children and to be high achieving yourself, of course. But I learned so much about just watching and responding to what is rather than bulldozing in and directing from that work. And I and I, I feel like, you know, parenting is so humbling anyway, but um, it takes a lot of, you know you can't control other people it's just the bottom line and it's a yes. painful lesson to it's learn
0: true. yes <laughs> very true yes lots to fight against there always yeah. trying always trying now, well i will not give up but <laughs> no, no i mean you can't, you can't you have to you have to uh row the boat that's just your your job yeah so when you think about the means and sort of the message about money or wealth that you're trying to put out into the world like if it if there's like a thesis statement behind it or what you really want people to know or believe or see because of this book, like what would that be?
2: Well, I think Kelly, Shelley is um I mean she's she's someone who's sort of deep in in capitalist delusion. like she believes that she can make this happen, but in the you know again spoiler alert like in the end, what happens is that she's, taken out of sort of the shadow economy of being a stay at home mom. And she gets a quote, real job, you know, that's the, the her prize. Like yep. you don't actually get your beach house because you're having to rent it out for porn films, you know, <laughs> but, yep. and yep. you get a job like, yay! <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I really it's not a book that I wanted to, you know. It doesn't it doesn't tell you how to feel and it doesn't, you know, spoon feed you in that sense. But I wanted it. I wanted it to raise questions about, you know, mothering as legit work, about wanting, about materialism, about, um, you know, there's a lot of about the landscape of the Hamptons is insane. And I mean, as all I mean, as it all, you know, the, the land itself is stolen. I mean, we're. That's w- that's where we're at, you know. That's that should just be like a naked fact that we're dealing with all the time, all over.
0: I appreciated that bit of history too on the Shinnecock Reservation and where Montauk and all of that came from. Like, yeah, it's like that. You're like it's like that place where they say it's ocean view, but it's really not ocean view. So. <laughs> exactly, it's partial ocean, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. There's so much anti-wealth sentiment right now. I uh, literally on my way to school to drop my kids at school this morning, this car had a huge bumper sticker that from the Marines that said, you know, fight the rich, not their wars or something. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so that's where we are. Right. (laughs) Like, what is that fair? Like, what do you think? What would Shelly think about that? What, What do you think about that? I think that, I mean, that was part of what,
2: why this book isn't set in, you know, like the projects or whatever. I wanted it to be really a liminal space. I wanted it to be, well, I'm not, you know, to raise questions like, wow, I'm not sure about this. Like, this is some seemingly someone I would hate, like what, but she seems to be, you know, beset with some of the struggles that are relatable to me. Like, what does that mean? what you know it's not it's not clear cut i mean we're all working within a system that i think most people acknowledge needs some powerful change you know how does that affect everyday interactions of you know invisible people who aren't heroic who are kind of invisible you know moms being one what's that actually look like how do i contribute to this what are the things i can do yeah yeah a lot. Yeah. I mean, but, but the joy of the book is it goes down funny. So it does. It's, no, oh, it's, it's so funny. great. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, great. Yeah. I, I feel happy about
0: that. No, the book is great. I loved the book. It's, it's fast paced and entertaining and you just, you know, some of the scenes where she's throwing things and she's like, Oh no, I did it again. You know, I'm like, what is going on with her? Why is she always, yeah. you know, she seems like she has it all together and yet you show all of her cracks, which are so obvious, right. But yeah, you don't even see them coming, but
2: she's in a rage. She's yeah. in a rage and rightly so, you know, she's contemptible, you know, she feels it. She's, um, her work's on a knowledge, you know, she's trying to negotiate these systems that are bananas, you know, Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, God bless her. Yeah, she's <laughs> throwing shit. She got
0: kicked off the PTA, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of feedback are you getting since this book has been out? Like where, like, ha- tell me about that.
2: Well, I'm not, I mean, I'm not somebody who's like Googling my reviews all the time or so, I can only on tour and yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to show up and um, it's become I feel like it became increasingly clear that I did need to talk more about what that it's more than a funny book. Yeah, that it's there's more going on there. I'm grateful that people are finding it funny because that, you know, again, it's not easy to write funny. And that was one of my primary goals. So that people find it funny is a super win. I'm very, I'm very happy about that, but I also wanted it to, to start talking about the fact that it goes, it goes a little deeper than that. Yeah. I'm grateful, you know, for whatever, again, with the, not being able to control people, (laughs) people take from the book what they will. And there's really not a lot I can do about that, but I did want to start just talking about like, yeah, these are other elements, you know, other facets of it that I crafted. So it's important. And so what are you working on now? Ooh, well, I'm about to leave tomorrow for the Fabulous Texas Book Fest. And then I have a reading in Chicago and a couple like college things. Um, so that's that will be fun. I hope. Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah I'm working on another novel because why not you know so keep going yeah moms don't have
0: time to write novels yeah right. <laughs> how long did this one take like how long does a book typically take you or I know well, they all this, different but
2: yeah probably took the longest just because I was you know not I didn't know what I was doing. and um I'm, I had, uh, you know, I worked pretty closely with my agent, Monica Woods, who I, whose input I'm grateful for and who I really enjoy working with. So to prepare the book and to, you know, I was also not. Some of my f- previous stuff has been pretty experimental, and I wasn't interested in playing with form in this at all. Like it had a, a, a you know, a big enough burden to just be comic and to be about money. You know, I didn't want to throw anything else at a reader like, Oh, it's going to be, have weird line breaks. Like, no. So just to give it a, you know, a solid structure to give it a beginning, middle and end, you know, all that stuff was enough of a challenge for me. So (laughs) it
0: took, it took about three years really. Yeah. Wow. I hope I can introduce you at some point. We So I started a publishing company also called Tibby Books. Yes. Congratulations. Thank that's you. amazing. She- yeah.
2: Shelly and I bow down. That is <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah. Thank you. But one of the books we acquired that's coming out in 2024 is also set in East Hampton. And it has this a similar, something kind of similar in the, in the, observational nature of the craziness there and it's called I want you more but it ends up being I mean. a little bit of a thriller but anyway the author is Swan Huntley and she's amazing so anyway I feel like you guys cool. would have some really interesting conversations and oh uh, good meet on we'll be the beach yeah meet on the beach for a walk or something <laughs> what advice would you have for aspiring authors Ooh, that's so good I mean,
2: I do, I teach at NYU, but that's not, it's about, that's about crafting more than about, I mean, the publishing, I love that you, I mean, I could talk to you for a long time about your publishing company. I just, I think it's always good to have more uh, venues and more women. It's good. So for, I guess the thing that I've been thinking about lately is that there's so many different ways to be a writer. Like, I don't participate, like I'm going to the Texas Book Fest, which is the second, it's really, this is the only book fest I've been to, I think. And this is the second time I'll be going there. But a lot of um, writers who've, you know, written five books as I have, like participate in what I think of as like the writing economy. Like they... Um, they go to book fest, they teach at colleges, they speak at colleges, like all those things are, you know, their income and that's how they make it work. They're kind of like, they're, they're a little bit, I think kind of like traveling salesmen in a, I don't say that in a derogatory way. It's just like they have their product and they go out there with it. And that's, it's awesome. It's that's never been um, a way that was open to me because of my kids and um, my choices. So it, I guess for a long time, I felt like there was something wrong with me that I couldn't do that. you know that I and I feel like that's there's so many ways to be a writer. If you just write, you know, <laughs> you don't have to be at every festival or teaching or doing anything except writing and trying to find a way to be published. And even, you know, I mean, I think of Louise Bourgeois like lived sixteen blocks from me and raised three kids, so I think about her a lot. She was also, in technical terms, a stay-at-home mom. So, like, I think about her a lot. And she would say that she was grateful for the, you know, the art, the critics that really gave her, like, I think a decade or two of basically ignoring her, you know. So, to just write. And that's what makes you a writer. There's a zillion ways to, you know, dance with the industry. Like, don't don't be discouraged if you're not doing the primary way.
0: I like that. I know any events I have, I have to schedule around my, my custody schedule and I'm like, hold on, I have to check and I can't switch this day. And of course, yeah. Cause you're
2: jogging, you're spinning the plates. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. But I love to make time for it all.
2: Zibby, I think that's awesome. Well, you too. I didn't start a publishing company or a podcast, but I appreciate it. No problem.
0: <laughs> I do it all from home. You know, that's yeah, I know. Cool. I love that. I think. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I was literally just saying that to my kids before. And I, I was a stay-at-home mom for like 11 years where like, you know, I did other things, but yeah. yeah, I'm like, don't you think it's great that I figured out a way to do all this in our house? <laughs> like, yeah. What like, did they say? House? I know. They're like, yeah, it's so cool. Oh, uh, my daughter like comes home from school and sits and does her homework with my team at the dining room table. Like it's really cute. So, uh, best. Anyway. That's the best. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, we just all have to find ways to make it work. Right. Exactly. Yes. All right. Well, I hear your Twix in the background or yeah, exactly. that might, might be, but, um, but thanks so much for chatting. I really, really enjoyed your book and liked Thank hearing you, all the yeah. extra layers and, uh, yeah, I hope we can connect. Cool. I would love that. Thank okay. you. I appreciate right. it.